Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon, and this week is October 17th through the 23rd. And we are in Jeremiah and Lamentations. So one of the things that I have been thinking about while I read these verses this week is that the Lord deals with us perfectly. And what I mean by that is that the Lord knows exactly where our hearts are. Probably, well, definitely better than we know where our hearts are sometimes. He knows exactly what where our hearts are and he knows exactly what we need to get our hearts where they need to be. I also mean that his more strict judgments that come upon us, right? Because we're learning about the judgments that came upon Israel. Even the most strict judgments that come upon us are meant to be in our favor. They're not because he's angry and sick and tired of (laughs) all of our mistakes, but even in the tragedies, even in his strict judgments, he is still seeking to change us to be better, to be happier, to be more peaceful, to be closer to him. Now, in order to kind of understand where I'm going with this, I need to share just a little bit of the history that's going on with these chapters. So what's happening is we see a siege that is occurring around Jerusalem. Babylon has already conquered Jerusalem and they put in their own puppet king, one of which being Zedekiah. And Zedekiah plays nice at first, but then he decides he's kind of convinced by the people around him, no, we need to get rid of the Babylonians. And Zedekiah sees his chance to fight against them when Babylon goes and needs to fight against Egypt. So Zedekiah is like, this is our chance. Let's fight against him and kick them all out, which sounds kind of nice, except for the fact that during this entire period of time, the Israelites are super wicked. As I mentioned last week, they are sacrificing their children to heathen gods. So it's gotten pretty bad. And this entire time that all of this is occurring, Jeremiah, a prophet, has been telling them that they need to surrender to Babylon because Babylon is going to win because they have the favor of the Lord right now because of how, how wicked Israel has become. So Jeremiah is like trying to save them, right? Like you should just surrender because you're wicked and the Lord wants Babylon to come conquer you. And they call him a traitor for that. They get angry at it. I think it's really ironic that they don't listen to him because if they had been willing to listen to a prophet, then Jeremiah probably wouldn't have needed to prophesy that Babylon was going to win. But I digress. So Jeremiah was right. The Babylonians win and they carry out thousands of Jews from Jerusalem and they push them all into foreign lands with foreign gods and they take them away from their homes. And it is not pleasant. So what precisely were the Lord's judgments in these circumstances? What all did it include? And why did he choose those judgments, right? Jeremiah was teaching that all of this is occurring according to the Lord's will. So why did he choose to do that? Because if we can figure that out, we can understand why the Lord chooses to deal with us in specific ways. So some of the judgments, Jerusalem is overtaken and the temple is plundered and destroyed. And the Jews are scattered amongst lots of different people with foreign gods, foreign everything. And this is really interesting because the Lord spends a lot of time trying to help the Israelites learn how to keep the temple pure. 
and how to get rid of outside influences, how to kick out all of these other bad influences. So if the Lord's been trying to do this all along, and then according to the Lord's will, the temple's destroyed and everybody's scattered, well, did something change? Did the Lord just be like, I'm done with how you guys are acting, whatever, like Babylonians are coming in? That doesn't, <laughs> the Lord giving up on them, that's not completely congruent with what I know of my Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I think the lesson here is that the scattering of Israel, as tragic as it may see, seem sometimes, it was a gift. That tragedies, when combined with the atonement, can become miracles. They can become gifts. When we think about the most singularly important event that occurs in our individual lives, it is gaining our salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. If this is all really true, then there is nothing more important than us drawing closer to him. All of the tragedies that are occurring in this mortal life, when we look at mortal life for what it really is, all of these tragedies are nothing more than tiny grains of sand in comparison to the beach, right? We have an eternity to accumulate experiences. And if we can gain salvation, then those experiences will be beautiful. And I don't say this to diminish the pain that people are going through because I know that I have been really, really blessed. And there are is a lot of pain out there that I can't even comprehend. I don't say that to diminish pain. I say that to give hope. Because sometimes these things feel so large and so completely overwhelming. However, when we look at how many experiences we will be accumulating over eternity, when we can put that into perspective, when we can recognize mortal life for what it is, and when we can receive a testimony and assurance of the atonement of Jesus Christ, then these really, really difficult moments will become nothing more than memories. And even more than past memories, they may even become sacred memories because of what they did for us in the long run. So Israel was scattered because they were poisoning themselves, poisoning the temple, poisoning their children. But the Lord never lost track of them. He knew exactly where each individual was. I know that to be true because I know it in my own life. So this is a little bit of a long-winded story, <laughs> but I feel like it does teach the point. So in college, when I was in college, well, technically I was in, in college. I had dropped out of college for that particular time period. The age change occurred for missionaries. So women and men could go younger on missions. So I was suddenly able to go on a mission. And I had wanted to serve my entire life up until that moment. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I was like, I don't really want to do this. So I had dropped out of college to be a musician. That was a fun period. I dropped out of college to be a musician and there were some things going on. I just didn't really want to give up my life and go serve a mission. And I went to the temple to pray about it because I felt like I was supposed to. <laughs> and I remember, so when I pray about something, 
I say my prayer and then I flip open the scriptures and I read. And when it's something really important and when the timing is right, I usually get a pretty clear answer. So I prayed about it. I remember Provo Temple sitting in the baptistry. And I asked the Lord if I'm supposed to serve mission and I open the scriptures and it flips open to the verse about how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those that preach the gospel, essentially. So a missionary verse. And I distinctly remember being like, oh, that's not my answer. I'm <laughs> flipping pages. I'd never done that before. And I haven't really done it since. There have been plenty of times that I have received an answer that I'm not happy about. And I've murmured about it. There's been plenty of murmuring plenty of difficulty getting myself to do it, but I have never so blatantly just flipped some pages and pretended that it didn't happen. <laughs> and I, I did, I ignored it and I continued on in my life. Well, if you've seen some of my past videos, I have mentioned that I struggle with mental illness occasionally. And this was one of those times that I started to struggle. It was the first time that I decided that I was going to attempt to get help and I was put on different medicines and they were rapidly changing me through medicines and they were all making me worse, far, far worse. And it got, I don't think I can adequately describe how bad it got. Like my memories from that time period are like darker than my other memories. <laughs> and I remember there came a moment there came a moment when I was sitting up in my bed about, well, about to try to go to sleep. And I knew that I needed to pray. I couldn't find it within myself to really pray. And I remember telling the Lord, I think I'm in trouble. And I think I need help getting out. And up until this time, I had been fighting it. I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave what I thought was going to be my music career and what I loved about my life. I didn't want to leave my friends and my dating life. I didn't want to leave these things. And it was in that moment that I was like, I, I think that I need help. And it was in that moment. I like, when I look back on that moment, I feel like heavenly father was like on the edge of his seat waiting for me to finally give in and be like, okay, I think I'm ready for help. And then he's like, she said it jumping in. We're doing this because in that moment, everything changed. So I think it was like within a couple of days, my mom flew out to see me. And then a couple of days after that, I had packed up all of my stuff and I was flying home. Well, my sister, who lived in Kansas City at the time, invited me to come live with her. And I didn't want to. So I decided to just fly home to Texas with my mother. And I did. And my sister had felt prompted to invite me to come live with her. But I said no. So she was like, okay, like Heavenly Father, I invited her. I did what I was supposed to. So this is on you if you want to change anything. Well, a couple of days after I got to Texas, <laughs> see, it all happened very rapidly. A couple of days after I got to Texas, my sister slipped and fell and broke her leg. And she was eight months pregnant. And she had five kids. <laughs> and she needed some help. And I was the only sibling in a position to go and help because I wasn't going to school. <laughs> anyway, so the next day after finding out about this, I flew to Kansas City to help her. And it was precisely what I needed. I needed that house and I needed that opportunity to get outside of myself, to be around children, to serve them, and heal. And 
if I could describe everything that fell into place to orchestrate that for me, it obviously gets me every time. <laughs> my mom was able to fly up because my brother was working for an airline. Otherwise, she never would have bought a ticket and just come up randomly because airplane tickets are expensive. And she didn't fully understand how dark things were for me. But my brother just so happened to be working for an airline, which also, inter interestingly enough, he told me that he felt like he was supposed to take that job for one of his family members. And he didn't work there for that long, but he worked there when I needed my mom to fly up and save me. And then how my sister broke her leg. <laughs> That's always a fun one to remember. <laughs> I remember her telling me if... I broke my leg so that you could come here and get married. It won't be worth it. But if I broke my leg so you could come here to serve a mission, it'll be worth it. And I did. I healed at her house. I served my mission. And everything was just so beautifully and intricately put in place. The fact that I had dropped out of college, even though my family was understandably against it, I had dropped out of college because I felt prompted to. And so I was able to leave in the moment that I needed to leave. Everything was so delicately placed to save me, even though I had ignored my savior and not listened when he asked me to serve a mission. Even though I hadn't listened, he still manipulated everything perfectly for me. Now, I don't know <laughs> the individual stories for these Israelites who are scattered. In fact, we don't even really know what happened to them after they were scattered. Like We had the lost 10 tribes. We know a little bit about what happened to the Jews. But as a people, we don't even fully know, let alone these individuals, how the Lord was working their lives. However, if each and every individual, if their lives were anywhere near what the Lord has done for me in my life, then they received exactly what they needed even with the scattering, right? I Mental illness and that whole time period was not what I would have originally chosen for myself. But I'm so grateful for how it saved me and changed me and prepared me, how it completely changed the trajectory of my entire life. The scattering and everything that happened in their individual lives after that was exactly what they needed. It was miraculous. I know that the Lord moves so purposefully and intricately, right? So delicately. And he brought about this tragedy, this scattering in order to save his people. Not in order to punish them because he wanted to and because he's God, but to save them. I wish I could see how he moved through generations and generations of families so that the people in this day and age would be prepared to accept the gospel as we work to gather scattered Israel. There's a verse in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 18 through 19. It says, Thou showest loving kindness unto thousands, and recompensest the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. The great, the mighty God, the Lord of hosts is his name. 
great in counsel and mighty in work, for thine eyes are open upon all the ways of the sons of men to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. The Lord is wise and he deals perfectly with us. He deals perfectly with us because he knows where our hearts are. He knows where they could be. He knows exactly what they need to get where they need to be. And everything he does is in our favor. I know that he designed this, all of it, <laughs> because I've seen how he has designed my life mercifully. <laughs> And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.